Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Next Sunday, man, at our Christmas service. So we want you to invite somebody. Turn to somebody and say, invite somebody. Turn to yourself and say, you invite somebody. Point to yourself. I'm going to invite somebody. Amen. Invite somebody. Invite a stranger. Invite a friend, co-worker. Invite an enemy. You want, you want God to change. Amen. Invite a boss. Hallelujah. That gets on your nerves. Bring them here. Amen. God will change them. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's just invite people to the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord and let God do the rest. Praise God. Amen. So, as you know, amen, the title of our series is simply Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know that Jesus is the reason for every season in every day? Come on. But during the season that we're in right now, how many know it's a little special? Can somebody say amen? Just like Easter is a little special in our faith. And how many know that you got to understand that, that, that God is loose, his spirit is loose, amen, and he truly is the reason for the, for the time that we're living today. But of all the Gospels, the book of Luke gives the most accurate account of the birth and life of Christ. See, the spirit of Christmas is not in the presence. Come on, we, we think it's in these things here, or what's here, but it's not in the presence, amen, it's in his presence. Come on, it's not what's underneath the tree, it's, what, it's the person that hung on the tree. Come on, that is what Christmas is all about, amen. It's about his presence, amen. And throughout this series, we see that the plan of God of bringing a Savior to us, a Messiah, amen. How many need a Savior in this house? Come on. One that will come into the world and take away the sins of the world. And then we see that the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, appeared to Zechariah and to Mary about the birth of John and Jesus. And so let's pick up the story where we left off last week as we continue our series, Simply Jesus. Amen. Let's look a little bit more deeper to Mary's response to the angel of the Lord. Amen. See, after the angel of the Lord spoke to Mary, telling her about that she would conceive a child, and you are to give him the name who? Who? Jesus. Amen. Remember that John means the Lord is gracious. Jesus means the Lord saves. Amen. And so in Luke chapter 138, it says this, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. I want you to say that with me. I am the Lord's servant. Now, you got to really grab a hold of that. Amen. Say, I am the Lord's servant. And she went on to say, may everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now, I, I think that would be great that everyone who gave their lives to the Lord would simply say that. I am the Lord's servant. Amen. May everything that you say be true, Lord. Come on, that would be great if we simply just believe God. Come on, tell your neighbor, just believe. <laughs> Come on, just believe. Come on. And so to be young, unmarried, 
girl just like Mary is who is pregnant would risk disaster unless the father of the child agreed to marry, marry her. Now, listen, you understand if the father of the child rejected her, back then she would probably remain unmarried for the remainder of her life. And if her own father rejected her, she would be forced into begging and even prostitution in order to earn a living back then. I'm talking back then, folks. So even with her story, even her story about being pregnant by the Holy Spirit, come on, church, come on, we'll risk her and be considered a wacko. Come on. Man, really? That, 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 you know, they, they, that's a little strange or a little weird. I don't, you know, back then they, 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 people talk about that as they did. But despite, despite all those risks, Mary, Mary said, may everything you said about me come true. Come on. In other words, what Mary was saying, let your will be done in my life. And listen, when Mary said that, she really didn't know the whole plan. She didn't know what was to come. She didn't, she didn't know the great opportunity that, that, that lied before her, amen. She only knew, listen, that God was asking her, asking her to serve him and to trust in him. And Mary willingly obeyed. Unlike us, come on, we weigh the risk. Come on, somebody. Come on, we want to know what the outcome is, right? Come on, how is this all going to work out? What, what, what you're saying, I, I don't know if I, I can trust you on that, amen. In reality, church, we really don't want to obey. Come on, tell the truth and shame the devil, right? Come on, uh, when we think, oh, God's going to put my marriage together. God's going to deliver me from drugs. God's going to do this and that. And we, we hear this over the pulpit. Uh, or someone speaks that to the life, uh, into our lives. Amen. We kind of just say, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. We don't want to step into the unknown. Come on, or, or we step out excited, amen. We step up because we're moved by emotion. And then we start to sink in our thinking, amen. And we start to doubt like Peter did. Remember Peter? Is that really you, Lord? Call me out. It's me. Woo, let's go. And he stepped out, amen, with boldness. He stepped out. There was excitement, amen. But all of a sudden, he started to think. And doubt sinked in, and then he started to sink. Come on, just like us, we get excited, amen, that we want to do something for God, and we step out, amen, in that emotion. We answer an altar call, amen, but then we start to doubt. We start thinking, how is this going to work out? I can't do this. Even last week, remember when the service ended? That the Lord was, what, opening a great door? And he, and, he, and, he, and he encouraged us to what? To take a, a step, right? And some of you guys were like, uh, I don't know. Come on. It's, it's a simple step, amen. Uh, but some of us were already thinking, uh, oh, it's, it's commitment. It's, hello. 
Come on, even in the simple thing of that, of just stepping out in faith or just trusting in God, God says, I'm going to open a great door for this church. I'm about to move in this place. I want you to take a spiritual step of faith, amen. I want you to step out. And for some of us, we, we kind of step out, but we're not believing it. We're still doubting. We're still not uncertain. You know, I'll just step out because pastor said to step out. Or, or, or a person in the church, that's a leader, said to step out. And so we do it in obedience, but in reality, we're already doubting. See, no, no one likes to take that step of faith and trust God. You know, even ourselves when we came out to Vegas, we just like go to Vegas and we said, yes. But then you start to think about it a little bit. It hits you. And you start to say, how is this going to work out? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. But when you know it's God, come on, you know when it's God. When you know it's God, we say I, we need to be risk takers and world shakers. Amen. Come on. Come on. We as believers that will say amen, if you said it, I believe it. I said if you said it. I believe it, amen. I am the Lord's servant. See, you say that, but are you? See, we have to understand, we need to be that type of person, amen, that when God says to do something and he places in your heart and you know it's God, that we need to step out in God and we need to trust God. I am the Lord's servant. May everything... That you said, through this man of God, through this woman of God, through this prayer over me, may it come as you say it will. I grab a hold of those things, church. When God speaks a word, I listen. I say, when God speaks a word, I listen. And I say, okay, God, may it be what you say. I hold on. I, I, I take it to, to truth. I take it to the bank. I said, okay, God, you're going to unfold this. See, don't wait to see the bottom line, church. Before you offer yourself, your life to God, amen, just say, here am I, use me. And then offer yourself, listen, willingly. Listen, even when the outcome, listen, seems disastrous. People responded in different ways to God's announcement of a birth of a special child. Sarah, remember Sarah? Come on, and Abraham? Come on. The Lord says you're going to have a child. And what does Sarah do? She laughed. <laughs> you're nuts. Don't you know how old I am? She's up in her 90s, late 90s, amen. And she started laughing at the Lord like, no way. And we see that Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, he doubted. But Mary, Mary graciously submitted. She believed what the angel told her and agreed to have the child, even though it was humanly impossible, church. But God is able to do the impossible. Come on, somebody. He's able to do whatever he says he'll do. Come on, it may be strange, it may be crazy, but if he said it, I believe it, amen, he'll do it. 
Listen, our response, say my response. Our response to his demands should not be in laughter or in doubt, but to say, may everything you said to me come true. And simply say yes to God. Somebody say yes. See, you can say it. <laughs> yes. But you know what most of us do? But we say, but Lord. I want you to do this, but Lord. Come on, I want you to go here, but Lord. I, I, you know, uh, but, but my, my spouse, but, but my, my kids, but, 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 but. We always respond to a but, Lord. Instead of say, saying simply yes, we say, but, Lord, how's this going to work out? But, but, I don't know. Do you know who I'm married to? Do you know what this is? You say this, and but, 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 but. You need to put your butt down and just say yes. Hallelujah. Come on, just say, somebody say yes. Take the butt out. And I know that some butts can be big. You guys will get it on the way home. It's all right. But if God says it, believe it. See, we sing it and we say it, but is it really inside of you? See, when it finally gets inside of you, something starts to happen. Something gets released. See, Zechariah doubted and God silenced him. For nine months of pregnancy, which is probably good for Elizabeth's side of, of pregnancy, amen. Hallelujah. She just enjoyed her pregnancy, amen, instead of having a nagging husband, amen. You guys will get it. Some married people get it later on, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pregnant men say, hey, amen. Hallelujah. But we simply have to just say yes to the Lord. See, a few days later, Mary goes down to visit Elizabeth. And I want you to pick up the story here in Luke chapter 1, 39 to 45. And it says this, After a few days, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea and to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad uh, uh, cry and exclaim to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? And when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe what the Lord would do, uh, will do what he said. Amen. Did you catch that? Come on, he says, you, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Come on, church, you, say I. You will be blessed if you believe what the Lord says. Come on, when you read your word, do you believe it? Come on, when you come and hear the word, do you believe it? Come on, you will be blessed if you believe what the Lord says. Amen. Tell somebody, just believe. Come on, tell somebody else, just do it. See, we see that the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth and, and, and showed her that the child that Mary was carrying as the Messiah. Elizabeth called her the mother of my Lord. 
Now, if Mary was still wondering, if Mary was kind of thinking about all the events that took place a few days ago, she knows now it's for real, for real. Come on, this is for real. Somebody say for real, for real. Come on, for real, for real. Confirmation came. Confirmation came to Mary. She understood. When she went, she obeyed. She simply trusted God. But when she got the confirmation, something inside Mary started to grow. She started understanding that what was spoken to me is a real, real thing. Amen. When God speaks to you to do something, listen, church, he'll always bring confirmation. If you ever doubt something that God has spoken over you, he'll always bring confirmation. Like I said, when we got announced to come to Las Vegas, amen, I was in it. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to Vegas. I tell my wife, she's on, she's on board, amen, we're going to Vegas. And people are saying, I don't know, Vegas, I don't, I don't, I think you missed it, Art. I think you really missed this one. You're going to Sin City? Come on. And all that talking and started to bring a, a little bit of confusion to me. No, no, I heard the Lord. Amen. And, and these are, these are people that are, that are, that are, you know, that were real friends of mine. Thinking, well, maybe I did miss it. It was it lost something. I don't know. Amen. And so, but the Lord, what did he do? He brought confirmation. Right, babe? We started seeing Vegas everywhere. TV, everything, everything just came. Vegas, 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 Vegas. Confirmation. So the Lord, listen, will always, if he's speaking you to do something, he'll always bring confirmation. If you're doubting or, or wondering if it's the Lord, he'll show you. Because confirmation will come. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You see, Elizabeth's greeting must have strengthened Mary's faith. Mary's pregnancy may have seemed impossible, but when her relative confirmed, listen, confirmed, and she believed the Lord in faithfulness, amen, and rejoiced in Mary's blessed condition, Mary's faith must have just blew up right there and then. Right there when she walks in and, and she says all this stuff and her relative confirms everything, she must have just Raleigh just hit her and said, man, I'm carrying God Almighty in my belly. It hit her. It hit her and said, man, I got the Lord. I got God in my belly. Come on, imagine that, amen. Man, you're carrying the Lord the creator of the universe, the creator of everything. Come on, the, the, the great I am inside your belly. It hit her just like that. Whew. My Lord. And even though Elizabeth, listen, herself was pregnant with a son, she could have envied Mary. Why couldn't my son be greater? Why couldn't I have the son of God in my belly? Instead. She was filled with joy that the mother of the Lord would visit her. Church, let me ask you a question. Do you envy people? Come on. Don't look at them right now. Don't, uh, really don't look at them right now. I'm sorry, I'm not looking at you, okay? I'm just, I'm just staring at everybody. Come on, do you ever envy people thinking, why her? Why him? Why them? Come on, somebody, be real. Come on. Listen, the cure. Want me to give you a cure for jealousy? 
The cure for jealousy is this, is to rejoice with those individuals. Realizing that God uses his people in the best way that's suited for his purpose. Mary responded, listen, to Elizabeth's greeting in a song. And I'm going to sing it to you. No. But she did. She responded in a song. When she heard all this, she jumped for joy and she responded in a song. Look what she sings in Luke chapter 1, 46 to 45. She sings a song of praise called Magnificent. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, in all generations, will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation for all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things, and he has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. And he's brought down the princesses from their thrones and exalted the humble. Come on. And he has filled the hunger of good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. And he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to his ancestors, to Abraham, and to his, gener uh, and to his children forever. She breaks out in the song, amen, and says, from now on, from generation to generation, they will call me blessed. Now, she wasn't saying this with pride, church. She wasn't bragging about it when she sang this song. No, listen, she was recognizing, listen, and accepting the gift that God had given her. What she was doing in that song, church, was really declaring. She declared that moment who God is. She declared the great God. She acknowledged God. She declared this God chose me. Not bragging, but chose me. And she accepted that gift, amen. Uh, come on, listen, church. Pride, listen. Listen, guys. Pride is refusing to accept God's gift or taking credit for what God has done. Humility, Lord, on the other hand, is accepting the gift and using it to praise and serve God. God, during our worship service, says, come and get your gift. Didn't he say that? And many of us didn't come to get it. He says, come, I got a gift for you. Come on, accept the gift. Church, you got to accept. When he tells you I'm giving you something, you better accept it. Put that pride aside. Put that, put that thing where I'm tired. Can you bring the gift to me? <laughs> we, we, we do that at times. We just want to know, or you, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to go up there. Or, you know, I don't know how my hair looks in the bag. I don't know what you guys think. I really don't know what you guys think. Amen. When God says, I got a gift for you. I got something for you. Come and receive it. Come and get it. Amen. It's a step of faith. Yes. Come on. But you got to receive when God says, I'm doing something for you. Just like he said last week, a great door is opening for this church. God is about to pour out his spirit. Signs, wonders, and miracles are going to flow out of this place, church. Do you believe? Come on. Will you step in and say, I want to be part of that. I want to be the vessel or the instrument that God wants to use in order to stir that up in this place. Come on, church. Mary sees the gift. 
She accepts it. She didn't refuse it. She didn't say, I don't need them, okay? <laughs> so we say, we, sometimes we think we're okay. You're never okay. I mean, I'm okay right now, but I can always use more. Because <laughs> I know down the road, amen, I'm going to need it. <laughs> I'll take it right now. I'll put it in my back pocket. I'll use it someday, man. Well, God says, come and get it. I'm getting it. <laughs> it's being served where? <laughs> come on, I got my plate. I got my fork. God, what do you want to give me to eat? We should come to this place like that hungry. Come on, I can't wait to get the doors open. Ooh, not for coffee, but for the worship, for the word of God. God, I want I want you. I want you, all of you. I'm going to walk out of this place all full. Yeah. What were you doing? I was eating Jesus. Hallelujah. It was good today. Come on. Come on. We shouldn't be walking out all still fighting. Like, what do we want to eat? What do you want to eat? I don't know what we want to eat. Why you laugh? It's true. Hallelujah. Come on. We should walk out joyful. Joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy. Joy. Come on. There has to be a song inside of you, church. Come on. What do you think we're going to do in heaven? We're going to be worshiping God. Hallelujah. How about you? But I'm going to be singing, dancing. Woo! Where's the streets of go? I want to walk on them. Hallelujah. Are we just going to walk in like we walk into church? Okay, where do I go? <laughs> okay, it's my chair right here. Okay, this is where I'm going to spend the rest of the eternity. <laughs> Come on, I hope you don't walk in like that. I don't know about you. I mean, for some of us, man, we're going to think, wow, we did make it. Hallelujah. But man, that should bring, that should bring a joy inside of you. Come on. Made it. Oh, you made it too? <laughs> be surprised by others hallelujah don't deny don't belittle or ignore your gifts but thank God for them and then use them for his glory use your gifts in new years come on this is your great opportunity for you to share your gifts to the Lord if you want to sing a song sing a song you want to write a poem write a poem <laughs> You want to dance, amen, do a skit, whatever. You want to preach for five minutes, do it unto the Lord. Come on. Do it for his glory. See, in Mary's song, it shows that the God has kept his promise to Abraham, which was to be merciful to all God's people forever. Forever, church. God's people. That's, he's talking about you. <laughs> That this would reach you, reach generations, that you guys, come on, God was going to be merciful in a time. How many know that we need God's mercy? Hallelujah. Come on, in a time like this, he, there is a merciful God that's up there, amen, that shows mercy upon us in time of need. In Genesis chapter 22, 16 through 18, it says this. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that you, that I will certainly bless you. He's speaking to Abraham, amen. He says, I will multiply your descendants beyond the numbers like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies and through your descendants, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. 
You see that the promise is being fulfilled through Christ's birth, amen. And Mary understood it. Mary finally got clicked. It opened up her eyes. I'm part of this blessed thing that was spoken hundreds of years ago that God was going to show mercy upon his people. Man, do you get that, church? We are an extension of that. Because that same power lies in you. The promise extends, extends through us to this generation. Man, that should make you excited that you're chosen. And all you got to say, I am the Lord's servant. Whatever you said about me, may it come true. I don't want to be in the way. I don't want to be a butt Christian. You're going to have to catch the beginning of that to understand. Amen. Come on. I want to be a yes Christian. I want to say yes, God. I want to be a yes, God man. I want to God, whatever you want. You want me? I'll do it. If you said it, I believe it. I'll do it. I'll step out. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Go to Vegas. I'll go. Build a church. I will. Go tell them I love them. I will. Just do it. Bud, I'm embarrassed, bud, bud. Come on. We're not the only ones that did the budding. <laughs> what did Moses say? But, 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 but I stutter. God says, I made your mouth, boy. You just open it and I'll give you the words to say. Come on. We, we, it's always existed, church. It's always been a struggle for us, for us to finally simply just believe and say, God, may it be what you say it is. God, I'm going to do it. God, if you said it, I'll be it. You know what? If I'm going to look ridiculous, I'll look ridiculous for you. Hallelujah. Come on. We did ridiculous stuff in the world. Didn't embarrass you then. <laughs> now we can say, I'm going to get embarrassed. <laughs> next. That's what he'll do is Next. Come on, be used by God. Do what he tells you to do. He's not going to set you up for, for disaster. He's not going to set you up for failure. He's going to use, use you through and express greatness and glory for God. Mary understood this. Now let's look at the birth of John the Baptist. Let's pick up the story there in Luke chapter 1, 57 to 66. This is when the time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight years old, eight days old, uh, they all came to the circumcision ceremony and they wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, somebody say no. His name will be John. What? They claim. There's no one in all your family by that name. So they gestured to the baby's father what, what he wanted to name him, and he motioned for a, a writing tablet. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. And instantly, somebody say right there. Instantly, Zechariah can speak again, and he began praising God. All fell, uh, all fell uh, 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 
upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it, it reflected on these events and asked what this child would turn out to be. For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Amen. The circumcision ceremony was an important part of the, of the family of a Jewish baby boy. And God commanded circumcision from when, uh, when, he was beginning, uh, uh, when he was beginning to form his holy nation. Amen. Israel, if you look at Genesis chapter 17, it talks about it. Then God refer, reaffirms it through Moses in the Leviticus chapter 12. This ceremony was a time of joy. When family and friends would come and celebrate the baby, listen, becoming part of God's covenant. Family names were important to the Jews. If the firstborn, uh, firstborn was a boy, naturally it would be named after the father. But when Elizabeth said no, his name would be John, Zachariah's family started tripping and saying, who is John? What's going on here? Why John? And they were gesturing to, to Zechariah. Amen. You better get a hold of your woman here. She's, she's a little crazy here. They gestured to him, and apparently he was deaf. Amen. He was speechless. Remember? Come on. He, because he didn't believe, he doubted. Amen. God, God shut his mouth. He could not speak. Amen. So they gestured to him. What about his name? What do you think, Zechariah? What, what, what his name should be? So emotions, give me something to write on. And he wrote, his name will be John. To everyone, it was a surprise. And then instantly when he wrote that, after being silent for nine months, Zechariah was able to speak again. And the Bible says that he began to praise God, and then Zechariah prophesied. And look what he says in Luke chapter 1, 67 to 79. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from a royal line from his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. And now he will save us from our enemies, and from all who hate us. For he has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering this sacred covenant, the covenant that he swore with an oath to his ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so that we can serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare a way for the Lord and you will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of, God, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light of heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadows of death and to guide us or to give us, uh, to, to guide us onto a path of peace. Amen. 
So Zechariah begins to speak after being silent, amen. And now there's no doubt in Zechariah. Now he's listening to what the angel Gabriel told him. And he says, no, his name is going to be John because that's what, that's what he told him, amen. And so he starts to prophesy of the coming Savior who will redeem his people, amen. He predicted that his son, amen, John is going to prepare the way for his, the Messiah, amen. All the Old Testament prophecies are coming true. Everything is starting to be fulfilled and no wonder that Zechariah praised God this was God's promise to Abraham to bless all the people say all the people somebody say me come on because he's talking about you amen it will be fulfilled through the Messiah Abraham's descendant and here Zechariah recalls hundreds of years of God's sovereign work, amen, and beginning with Abraham and then going to all eternity. In Psalms 105, 8 through 9, it says this, He always stands by his covenant, the commitment that he made uh, to a thousand generations. This is the, the covenant that he made with Abraham. And Zechariah personalizes by saying that his son has been chosen to pave the way, that he was chosen for a key role in this. And although, and all through all this, amen, I mean, know that God has unlimited powers. Amen. And he'll choose to work through human beings who begin, listen, as helpless babies. Church, listen, don't ever minimize what God can do through those who are faithful to him. You be faithful to God, and he will do what he told you that he was going to do. He will release promises, blessings. You stay faithful. You stay faithful. Somebody say, I'm going to stay faithful. Come on, the babies that we have in this place, those are blessings and promises of God. The blessings, right? Didn't God promise you something? Didn't you say that on Wednesday? Right? Is it fulfilled? Come on. Because you simply obeyed. Kept believing. She could have turned. She could have said, ah, forget this. Could have, could have turned what was bad, but God turns the bad to the, to the good. Right? God spoke to you, right? It's there. It's a promise. What God says he'll do, church, <laughs> he'll do. He'll do that. There's another promise right there. She's already here. <laughs> it's out. She's out already. She, 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 she's, she's experienced life, but that was a promise to you, me, huh? Right? Thinking no more, can't have it. God says, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Just trust me. Look how beautiful she is. See, when God brings it, God just changes everything, the dynamics. I'm serious. I mean, now the baby's like, whoa, it's now. You know, maybe back then, like, okay, I'm having a baby. Now it's like, yeah, I'm having a baby. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a different thing, church. The promises. God is a man of his word, church. Mm -hmm. But you ever wonder why John lived in the wilderness? 
See, the prophets used to isolate themselves from, uh, from uninhabited wildernesses, amen. They would go to enhance their spiritual growth, amen, and to focus, listen, on their message on God. I don't know if you, uh, if you guys recall, amen, Pastor Bobby Manchaka went to the mountains. What was it, for like 30 days, 40 days or something like that? Up in the mountains, I mean, he wanted to isolate himself, amen, amen. And, and, and from that church, Eastern Europe woke, uh, opened up to us and placed seven nations upon his heart that we will go into. We are now in three going into four. Hallelujah. Come on, what God says is going to happen, church. By being in the wilderness, John remains separate from the economical, political powers, amen, so that he can aim his message against them, that he can keep himself from the hypocritical leaders of that day, amen. His message was different from theirs, and his life proved it. If we don't stay focused, church, if you don't stay focused, if I don't stay focused, let me know that this world will sway you. Come on, this world will pull on you. Can somebody say amen? Come on. But if we want to declare his praises, amen, if we want to enhance our spiritual growth, church, we need to focus on the message to this dying world, church. We need to isolate ourselves from this world, from the media, amen. Turn off Facebook. Turn off all those things, political stuff, all the confusion that is out there, and focus what it needs to be, amen. The focus needs to be on Jesus, the message to this dying world. Simply Jesus. We need to be different, church. And our lives, say my life, needs to prove that. We can say it all we want, but if our walk is not showing different, uh, then something's wrong. we got to say it, and we got to prove it by the way we live. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says this, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? In verse 17, if you skip down, it says, therefore, come out. Somebody say, come out. Come out from the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. We got to separate ourselves from the political stuff. We got to separate ourselves uh, from these things, amen, that cause confusion. You got to separate yourself, amen, from Facebook. Facebook is not the gospel, church. <laughs> I said it's not the gospel. It's just in the Bible, the Holy Bible. That's all you need, church. Uh, isolate, and it will direct you for those other things. Come out and separate yourself. See, we need some isolation with God's word in order to go to the world and not be swayed by what they say or what they do or anything else, we, stay to, we stick to the message. No? You don't. Stay focused, church. You won't get pulled. But if we're not spending time with God in isolation, the world will sway you. The world will pull on you. I think that this shutdown, we looked at it as something wrong, and God was just calling us to isolate ourselves for a little bit. Come on, come on, kids. Come back home. Bring it back in the house. Establish your prayer life. Establish your family. The importance of what's, in, what's important here. 
we're complaining, shut down government, and all that stuff. And God was just saying, you know what? I don't want to spend time. You need to isolate yourself with me because I'm going to give you something. And when you get ready, then I'm going to open it up again. And I want you to start to preach what I told you to preach. At least that's how I look at it. That's what I see. God has moments of isolating ourselves to him. You know, I have a story to tell you about when I was in the hospital, what God did to me. And one day I'll, show, I'll share that with you. But God isolated me that week. Isolated me to spend time with him. To bring back and separate myself from the busyness. Listen, out of the world, out of the media, but of the church. <laughs> Son, you're doing all kinds of stuff for me, doing this and that. You love me a lot, but you haven't even gave me a hug. <laughs> you ever get busy and you just pass people and you don't give a hug times? You know, because you're busy and there's times where I'm busy and there's times where I'm just running here, running there. We've got the service going on, blah, 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 blah. About the Father's business. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. And then, and then there's some people that say, you didn't even hug me today, Pastor. <laughs> and I got to stop. I say, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Come here, Sister Rachel. I haven't hugged you today. She knows I was talking about her. Hallelujah. Uh, I got to do it. But we do get busy. And that's how I was at that time. And God just said, you know what, son? This is the only way I'm going to do it. It's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess with your mind a little bit, but I'm going to be there with you. And so, Boom. You're in a room by yourself. No one wants to come in your room. <laughs> now it's just me and you. And I said, okay, let's do this. He started to show me things, which I'll share later. That's for another time. But we have to isolate ourselves. John isolated himself in the wilderness to prepare a way to say, stay focused on the message. I ain't going to let nothing distract this, what God gave me, what I need to do for the kingdom of God. If I get caught up with my friends, I get caught up with the world, I get caught up with this, and get, I'm going to lose it. My, at least I'm, I'm isolate myself. And then he came back, and now he was prepared for whatever came at him. You understand? A lot of stuff came at John. <laughs> Come on, they beheaded him. And he stood faithful to the end because of that isolation. For some of us, we're going through a storm. God's saying, isolate yourself to me, and I'll strengthen you to continue to do what I told you to do. When it starts to get dim, we got to isolate ourselves, church, and get back into his presence. Not about the presence, but his presence. And watch what God does and how he reveals himself just like he did to Mary. Mary, eyes open. Wow. I'm carrying God Almighty right here. Imagine from that day, like, don't touch my belly. It's the Lord in there, you know, taking care of that baby in there, feeling the kicks of Jesus. Imagine feeling the kicks of the Lord in your belly. That's God saying, hey, girl, wake up, <laughs> or whatever it is, amen. I can, I, can, I can just see God doing things like that. 
I'm going to close today because my belly is hungry. <laughs> I'm sorry for you guys, Ed. <laughs> this is who I am, amen. <laughs> I don't, I don't, this is how, how he made me, so this is, I ain't going to change, amen. So this is me. <laughs> I'm going to close today, though. John and his parents played a major, major part in preparing the, of, the, of the coming Messiah. And next Sunday, I'm going to wrap this up on this series of Simply Jesus and present it on Christmas Day or Christmas service. Amen. Next week. Amen. Let's all stand up. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say about me, to me, let it be done. 